1: Welcome to the Resident Evil Lorecast, the podcast that will explore the various mediums and lore of the Resident Evil franchise, such as the video games, movies, novels, and more. And here are your hosts, Ariel, Daniel, and Aaron. Got something that might interest (laughs) you. Well, welcome back to the Resident Evil Lorecast. I'm your host, Aaron, and joining me over there, bebopping her head left and right, the sound of something. The wonderful, the illustrious, the amazing, the incredible Ariel. Wow. And Daniel. I knew I was gonna get a small (laughs) roll. (laughs) Like a mouse like mouse napped. So uh, second episode of this uh, Paul W.S. Anderson's Resident Evil movie numero uno. Discussion time.
0: Numero.
1: Numero. Uno. Number 0 Uno O. Wow. You just stopped speaking altogether. (laughs) You just just stopped speaking. Uh, So, anyway, before we get into the discussion, we should probably talk about some characters in BOWs, huh? There's no such
0: thing.
1: We should. So, we're uh, pitching it over to Daniel for some BOWs, although I don't know how much more in depth we're going to be able to go with what we've already covered in the pod. I've got plenty. Oh, are they
2: different? No, that lies. (laughs) So it looks like the first B.O.W. is the zombies, which the zombies in the Resident Evil films, they're not ever called zombies. Ever. They're normally referred to as undead. They are virtually the same as their video game counterparts, but there are some differences. They do seem to decay at a slower rate. And... The first two films zombies, which we get to when we discuss the other ones, they do not appear as rotten as they do in the other films, which some of those timeline speeds along in the future, which I won't go into too much difference because there is some variants that we will come across in the others. But basically, other than the slower decay rate, there's not much different than the video game counterparts for the zombies. Alright, so the next B.O.W. I have is the Cerberus, which is the Doberman dogs. They are created through exposing Dobermans to the T-Virus, which dramatically enhances their strength and fighting instincts so that they become fearless and undeterred by loud noises such as gunshots. In fact, a mutation that altered these dogs' very beings them to combat formidable targets such as armed humans with greater frosty than their uninfected counterparts. Duté dogs also retain their ability to follow basic orders Enabling enabling Umbrella personnel to control them Despite their enhancements, their bodies visibly suffer necrosis As a side effect of exposure to the virus, just like the undead But it doesn't deter them in any way that is what I have on those until later films When we see variants Ugh,
0: yeah, ugh
2: Yeah, can't wait for those
0: Nah, ugh
2: and the last BOW I have on here is the liquors. Liquors are mutated from humans infected through injection of the T-virus into living tissue, which has had different effects compared with people who were infected through bites or inhalation. A skin completely shut off, exposing the overdeveloped muscles that endowed them stronger fighting abilities than either humans or a ordinary undead. In addition to this, The skeleton is altered into a much bestial form, which forced the lickers to walk on all fours, but at the same time benefited them with a body optimized for speed and agility along with razor-sharp claws to climb walls and ceilings like lizards, as well as doubles as deadly melee weapons. Just ask Kaplan. The tongue also developed further by the same mutation, giving it the ability to grab things from distance and even whip through flesh like a hot knife against butter. Because of the eyes' degradation from their mutations, Licker's senses were limited to smell and hearing. Ugh. And I bet the tongue does hurt, because in the movie, if you looked closely when she stabbed it, it looked like it had little barbs on it, similar to like a cat's tongue would be if you saw it up close. Yeah. So I'm betting that tongue is actually, would be like a tearing if you actually got hit by it. It could probably tear Ugh. tear skin and flesh. That is what I have on the B.O.W.'s.
0: I wish they would have gone into a little bit more explanation on why they mutate when they, you know, ingest fresh DNA. Yeah. So they, like, if they just keep eating things, they just keep mutating. Like, is there a limit? Is it, like...
2: With Umbrella? Probably not.
0: Probably not, no.
2: When I was telling Aaron, so in the scene where they're where you find out where the liquor is originally in the big crates. I almost wondered if there was other BOWs in there. Like potentially like a hunter or something else, because some of the crates did look either longer or taller. But you or don't know. A
0: tyrant?
2: I don't know. I don't know if one was tall enough for a tyrant. It'd be nice.
0: It would have been cool if they had like they had actually brought out other BOWs.
2: Or the uh just for spoiler for future movie movies if they would have had it to where like in another movie an after credit scene or an ending scene is one of these other containers opening or getting accessed and that's where our new BOW comes from
0: yeah that would have been awesome that's
2: all I got I don't want to get too much discussion before we get there
0: yeah well I I'm gonna dive into some characters here you ready for this
2: mostly just Kaplan yes
0: mostly just Kaplan. Well, first I'm going to start with Lisa. Lisa Addison was a computer programmer and the sister of Matt and through some subterfuge an employee of Umbrella. So in 2002, with support from her brother, Lisa sought and gained employment with Umbrella, assigned to the computer security division working out of the Hive. The purpose of this was to recover incriminating evidence of Umbrella's crimes. And when Alice requested a meeting, she revealed her own planning to move against Umbrella and wanted Lisa's help to do it. She promised to help obtain data on the T-virus in exchange for Lisa's promise to bring Umbrella down. To which Lisa readily agreed to. And unfortunately, the Red Queen, in an attempt to stop a disastrous viral outbreak, sealed Lisa's office and filled it with halon gas suffocating everybody in it. So that's how Lisa meets her initial demise. Until Alice comes in and kills her again but that's you know zombie?
2: no no undead
0: undead sorry yeah. undead no
2: zombies in Resident Evil
0: so the next one I'm gonna go into is Alice she's basically the protagonist in all six of these films so I'm just gonna cover a little bit on her for the first movie she was a high-ranking umbrella security operator and she joined a deep cover operation by members of the U.S. law enforcement to reveal the company's illegal viral research data to the world. This plan ultimately failed when her coworker Spence, stole the virus samples with the intention of getting rich on the black market and leaked the virus into the lab to kill the research staff in the confusion. She was knocked unconscious when the security system released noxious gas. And lost her memory. And the rest is what happened in the plot of the movie, so I don't really want to get too deep into that. So that's what I'm going to cover on her for now. She'll keep popping up in every movie. So just go right into the next character, which is Matt. Matthew Addison, which he goes by Matt, is the brother of Lisa. And he's posing as a Raccoon City police officer in an attempt to infiltrate the Looking Glass house and enter the Hive. He accompanies Alice Spence and the sanitation team into the Hive in order to ascertain what went wrong. It wasn't until later that he revealed he and his sister were environmental activists trying to expose Umbrella. And though he managed to escape the hive with Alice, he was scratched by an advanced liquor and taken away by the scientists to do experimentation into the nemesis program. So the rest on him happens in the next movie. So that's all. I'm gonna cover on him and head on over to one. I like one. I thought he was a badass character. I was sad when he died.
2: Yeah, I liked him too.
0: So, one's actual name is James Shade. And he was the leader of the sanitation team, a paramilitary team under the control of Umbrella. And he led a mission to secure the hive and shut down the Red Queen where he was unfortunately killed. Yeah, he was, you know, killed by the laser, the final laser. Fortunately, of course, right before Kaplan shut it off. He was super cool. I really liked him. So, all right, Daniel. Gonna do your favorite character now. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to dive into Kaplan. So, Chad Kaplan was an Umbrella Soldier and Computer Technician who served as part of their sanitation team during the Hive Raid, where he ultimately died. So, that's basically it for Kaplan. Though, I will say, even just for the tech guy, he was a bit of a badass. I mean... He still continued on with the mission of shutting down the Red Queen, even though he was scared shitless. He still carried on and did it. He was injured and was going to shoot himself, but then decided, oh, fuck no, I'm going to keep fighting. And then pops back up later after shutting down the Red Queen again to save the day. Like, he was a badass in his own right.
2: I'll give you that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You give that to Cap one.
0: So, the next one I'm going to go into is JD. JD Salinas was a member of the Sanitation Division. He was caught up in the events surrounding the Hive. His weapon of choice was a Heckler and Koch. G36K. He's shown as being a good friend with Rain. Rain. When the unit reaches the dining hall B, JD and Rain are assigned to guard Matt while the rest of the team moves on towards the Red Queen's chamber. And him and Rain were the first to encounter the undead inhabitants, zombies, where he ultimately got devoured and then comes back later as a zombie and bites Rain. So that is JD, Next I have Rain Rain Ocampo was a member of the unit. She and the other operatives were sent down to figure out what happened and contain the T virus. She was the group's most skilled marksman. And though she had she was close friends with JD, she did not like Kaplan. How dare she. <laughs> and she grew to blame him for the deaths caused by the Red Queen when he opened it up, when he shut her down and opened up all the doors. So while she was guarding Matt, she was bitten on the hand by the infected woman and then was jumped by the same woman again and then keeps getting bitten, and she's just, she was a badass. I was really, when I first watched this movie like forever ago, I was really rooting for her to keep, you know, to win, to stay alive. She was going to get the antivirus and everything was going to be great. She was going to keep going and she didn't. I was really sad. But, you know, she definitely was a force to be reckoned with and gave the T-virus a run for its
1: money. I love how she got bit so many freaking times. At one point, she was even baiting zombies. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, it wasn't so much baiting. It you was like, like oh, you like that? You
1: like that, you son you of like a bitch? You like the
0: taste it tastes? <laughs> I mean, even when she turned... I did love the scene when she, you know, did turn into a zombie and she comes back. She even did that whole, like, neck-cracking thing she did, even in zombie form. Like, she was just cool, who I aspire to be in life.
2: <laughs> a zombie? Well, an undead.
0: Like an undead badass. So next one I'm going to go into is the medic or Olga. And she was a field medic for the unit and her weapon of choice was a Walther P99. And she was the first one killed by the Red Queen with the laser. So not much...
2: Maybe she didn't want to get too ahead of the rest of the people.
1: Did you just make a head joke? I mean, she'd
2: lose <laughs> her head a little bit quickly.
1: Wow. <laughs> medic! medic! Why aren't you listening? Oh,
2: and oh I- you did. It's ironic. He She's did. one of the first ones to die. <laughs> she was the medic. Yeah.
0: So the next one I'm going to go to is Spence. Spence Parks was a security officer, same as Alice, and he was assigned to live with Alice to protect the secondary entrance into the hive. So they had their fake little marriage going on there. But still fucked. And he is the he is the reason for the outbreak. And basically what he did was, you know, stole the t buyers and the Antivirus to sell on the black market to get filthy, stinking rich. And he died on his way to the train he was about to get on the train to GTFO when the liquor just said, not today, motherfucker, and ate him. Sort of. I was expecting more of a, like, ripping limbs apart from the liquor, it's like he took a couple bites and was like, "Okay, I'm done." I was expecting he more licked. like, "I'm gonna eat your entire arm," or like bite your head off, or you know something.
1: He licked Lent's lolli- uh, He licked Spence like a lollipop. Was ah!
0: disappointed. maybe
1: he was so tasty he was itchy.
0: Wow, oh. I like that little reference you did there. No. <laughs> <laughs> So the last one I'm going to go over, and I'm super excited about, is the Red Queen. So the Red Queen was a state-of-the-art supercomputer developed by Umbrella. And it was created by Umbrella co-founder Dr. Alexander Isaacs. Using the template of Alicia Marcus, the daughter of Dr. James Marcus. Who was his partner in creating Umbrella. In this little universe thing. So in the movie. Basically what the Red Queen did was. I know a lot of people think of it as awful. But she was containing that T-virus. That was her sole purpose. That's why she killed all the people. And shut everything off. Honestly she was just. Stopping it so it didn't continue on. Like kill the few to save the many. Type of thing. And she did try to warn them that they were all going to die down here.
1: This is a bad idea. This is a bad idea.
0: I implore you. But honestly, I like the Red Queen because she's creepy. I mean, children in general are creepy,
1: so... (laughs)
2: The shining you aliens. You can't say that.
1: You have five.
0: Yeah. And they're creepy. Like, I can say this. I'm sure a lot of people out there agree children are just creepy.
2: guys, shining aliens. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
2: I res- mean, we could res- keep evil.
0: going. Like, of creep. Uh, the Village of the Damned. Like, come on. That was nothing f- but filled with creepy ass children.
2: I hear there's a movie where children lived in the corn. The corn? corn? <laughs> I know it's called children of the corn I wanted to meet.
0: Well, I know. I'm just saying, like, there's a cornfield, literally like a house down from us.
2: I think it's closer to me than it is to you guys.
0: Yeah, it's literally right there for your house. Ugh. Okay, so that's all the characters I'm covering today. Or, you know, for this movie. Yep, done.
1: Well, I guess that brings us to time for a mid-break. And when we come back, we'll discuss our thoughts and our reviews. Hey Daniel He left I'm fine well then hey Ariel What Guess what time it is
0: <sighs> Tempress- No more garbage oh. jokes
1: It's the middle of the show
0: hmm.
1: <laughs> Why so serious Ariel We have to thank patrons
0: Thank you, patrons.
1: <laughs> That's all you get this week is a thank you. <laughs> no! All right. Well, we have to thank some patrons today. And uh, we're going to start, as always, with our VIP patrons. So thank you to Cerberus91, Chaoticia, Chris Slate, Connor Losco, Donnie Shanks, Naked Mango, Pocket Comet, and William Jackson. We also have to thank our All Access patrons, Edward Parks, Jeremy Kelly, And Remington Cloutier, and our official patron, Ryan Black. Thank you.
0: Yeah, in all seriousness, thank you. We really do appreciate you. And, you know, we appreciate the listeners as well. You uh, listening to our podcast is what keeps us going. So thank Mm -hmm. you.
1: And I want to give an extra special thank you to our Discord people. Everybody in Discord chatting up, hanging out Always posting such cool stuff Like there was a mini posted recently Of Claire Redfield So uh, one of our Discord uh, fam Dr. Alan Grant Posted some pictures of a mini they did of Claire And it's freaking awesome I want one <laughs> They're really well done
0: Uh, Yeah, definitely And it had
1: to take some time It had to have taken some time Oh yeah so, yeah, a huge thank you to everyone. It's awesome that we have such a loving and supporting community. And it's even more awesome that we have fans to chat with and talk to and fans that support us. So with the thank yous all finished, I think it's time for some lovely little additions. Daniel, what do you have? Fine. Ariel, what do you <laughs> I have silence. That's what I have for you. <laughs>
2: So if you need to warn people off from coming to where you live, just yes. post this poster outside. You will have to frame it. So on Etsy, made by Pop Cult Printing CO, there is a poster that the first line says, attention, exclamation point. Then it says catastrophic containment failure. Then T virus Exposed, Mass Evacuation in Effect. Followed by guess I'm going to read this all. Lockdown imminent. Biohazard countermeasure units on route. Then the last few bits is avoid anyone showing signs of the cannibal disease and report to your nearest secure facility immediately. Umbrella Corporation preserving the health of
1: the people.
0: <laughs> and this is...
1: <laughs> I feel like we need that posted in our front lawn.
0: Uh, no, what I'm going to do is post that. Right on the screen door because we have a glass door, put that there, and it would pair well with my please leave welcome mat. <laughs> I I have one, <laughs> listeners, I have one that says please leave, so well, it would pair well with that.
2: Now, if they think there's a containment and process or uh, lockdown imminent, they might avoid it. So, you can get it anywhere between 8.3 by 5 and an eighth inch up to Forty-six point eight by thirty-three point one inch, and your price ranges are between eleven ninety-three to eighty-six seventy-seven, depending on the size you get. And it looks like it does ship internationally, but I'm not sure on the shipping on it. But it looks like it is in stock currently. So if you want to get that, or if you want to send one here, so Ariel can put it in place on our screen door. That'd be fine as well.
0: Oh, yeah, I would greatly appreciate it.
2: But it is by Pop Cult Printing, CO on Etsy. Well, Ariel, what do you have for us today?
0: Well, I read an article. Oh? Mm? Much like I always do. Oh,
1: no, you don't?
0: I do. Actually, <laughs> like, in my free time, I sit and just read random ass articles about random shit. I it's honestly do. It's all know. true. It is. It really does. <laughs> so, anyways, this. Uh, article comes from Game Rant, and the title is, Capcom reportedly shuts down Resident Evil Code Veronica fan remake. Boo.
1: Boo yay? Why would that be yay? I'll explain.
0: Maybe, yeah. So, (laughs) Capcom reportedly orders the shutdown of the Resident Evil Code Veronica fan remake that was in development the impressive fan remake project has been shut down, reportedly due to demands from Capcom. For one reason or another, Resident Evil Code Veronica has largely been ignored by Capcom. So with Capcom showing no interest, a group of fans got together to create their own Resident Evil Code Veronica remake in the style of the recent RE remakes. Development progressed enough that the developers released a demo and announced their plans to release it this year. However, Capcom has reportedly demanded that development on the fan remake be shut down, threatening legal action since the fan developers were using copyrighted material owned by the company. While this is a disappointing development for those who are hoping to play the fan remake, some have taken this as a sign that an official remake could be in the works... But fans shouldn't hold their breath for an official Code Veronica remake at this time, though. Many video game companies take down fan projects like this to protect their intellectual property rights. And doing so doesn't necessarily have anything to do with any future plans. And the latest word is that Capcom does not have any plans to produce a Code Veronica remake. But that could change. And you know what? I'm hoping it does. I am really, really hoping that them doing that was because they're planning on doing a Code Veronica remake. We desperately want one and need one.
1: I'm sad that they had to shut the project down. I don't think Capcom's a bad guy for saying something, though, because it is their intellectual property and it would be no different than someone coming in and stealing art and claiming it as theirs, you know um on the same note I do want to say to the developers of the remake, the Veronica remake, excellent job and thank you for your hard work you know it's 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 a tough bill to swallow either way but I do have high hopes for a Official Veronica remake, to be honest Because you remember A couple years back, they were saying No, we have no plans to do a Resident Evil 4 remake
0: And here we are And here we are <laughs> I'm really hoping, because it would Be awesome After the 4 remake comes out To have a Code Veronica remake mm-hmm. That would just be awesome
1: It would be Like I said, it's a tough pill to swallow. Capcom's not wrong, and I don't think they're the bad guy in this at all for asking for this to cease and desist. Um, But I also would like to recognize how hard these these fans worked on this Code Veronica remake.
0: Yeah, they're giving us, they were going to, give us the people what we've been begging for for Mm -hmm. a long time. And, no, I don't think Capcom's the bad guy, but I am very disappointed in you, Capcom. It's like you have no interest in your little bastard child that everybody absolutely loves, <laughs> yet nobody can give attention to it.
1: Yeah, yep, yeah. that's exactly my thoughts. <sighs> well, I have something that might lift your spirits. Hmm. I have brought the official Resident Evil... 2002 movie soundtrack. Yes. Now, you can get this from Amazon. And, of course, the link will be in the show notes for this. Uh, But currently, you can get the audio CD for $24.42 with $3.99 delivery fee for shipping. You can get it as low as $6.40 with $3.99 delivery fee. However, this is used and in very good condition. So, careful. Careful, careful. But nonetheless, yes. And the songs on this soundtrack are the Red Queen's Dialogue, My Plague by Slipknot, <laughs> the Fight Song Slipknot Remix by Marilyn Manson, Something Told Me by Cole Chamber, Name of the Game by The Crystal Method, Everyone by Edema. Invisible Wounds The Searcher Mix by Fear Factory Anything But This by Static X Hallelujah by Ramstein Dirt by Depeche Mode What Comes Around Day of the Dead Mix by El Nino Dig Everything and Nothing Mix by Mudvayne Release Your Delph by Method Man 800 by Saliva The Infinity by 5.0 Umbrella Corporation Dialogue from the film the Resident Evil main title theme score the Caesar of Power score reunion score and cleansing score all done by Marilyn Manson for this
0: movie
1: this is all contained on the soundtrack
0: now (laughs) I have the soundtrack as do I yeah I oh I jammed out to that a lot. <laughs> so many good bands and so many good songs. It I had zero complaints about any of the bands and songs on that. I fucking loved it.
1: I believe we jammed out to this a couple times in high school.
0: I'm sure we did, <laughs> like 50 years ago, yeah.
1: Fifty years well, ago? It
0: was what, 20 years ago?
1: Something like that, yeah. So, yeah. yeah.
2: April, I think,
1: we will make twenty one. No, you're showing your age, Daniel. <laughs> so yeah, if you want to get it, uh, check out the link in the show notes and uh, let us know. So, besides that, I think that's all there is for the mid break. Uh, I guess we should get to the end of the episode, huh, Ariel?
0: We should right after I rattle off our sponsor.
1: Dun dun dun. So.
0: Head on over to Fanroll Dice and use our promo code Almighty C, which is A L L Mighty, the letter C ten. And save yourself 10% off on dice, dice trays, dice bags, dice towers, dice accessories. So yeah, they have a different assortment of dice as well, different types. They have metal and resin and rubber and wooden and Gemstone and plastic dice and offer a very good price. To which you can save 10% off on. And yes, their gemstone dice are pretty pricey, but they're gemstone dice. So come on now. They're absolutely gorgeous. And I really want a set. And I don't have a set. I'm so sad. Of the gemstone dice. I have a set of one set of the metal and one set of the resin. And I absolutely love them. And, anyways, yeah, I will have the link for FanRoll Dice and the promo code in the show notes. So, if you need any dice or dice accessories, just head on over there and save yourself 10% off. And I'm done
1: with the sponsors. So. Well, thank you, Ariel. You are amazing. Ugh, God. And with that, I think it's time to go to the end of the episode well here we are at the end of the episode it's discussion time so who wants to go first
0: why don't you go first you always make us go first oh man let's switch it up a little bit
1: but I don't have anything I want to talk about except the elevator scene let's go what do you guys think Right in the beginning of the movie, boom, elevator scene. Not happening, not doing it.
0: (laughs) She's like, oh no, (laughs) I could squeeze through. Oh, hell no. (laughs) I am claustrophobic. That would be absolutely terrifying for me. Mm -hmm. One, to be just stuck in there to begin with, and two, to, oh, I'm going to crawl through this little hole. Fuck no. And you know what happens? She loses her head.
1: We don't get to see it, so we don't know. (laughs) Well, that hole was super small, too.
2: Even for somebody that could potentially fit through there, she barely had, like, an arm and her head out. She didn't have anywhere, like, upper body out. If I can't fit shoulder length, or, you know what I mean, close to length, Mm -hmm. why are you even going to try it?
1: Because you're going to get stuck. (laughs) Stupid things when you're scared
0: Nope Even when I'm scared that's a nope for me
1: So the next thing I want to mention And I wrote this down in my notes As uh, rookie cops get all the bad luck Now I know Matt was not a rookie cop He was a cop who got transferred But like within the first five seconds He was already in handcuffs And taken in by umbrella No No Aaron he wasn't an actual cop I knew he wasn't an actual (laughs) cop I just want to make sure you remembered that (laughs) I just thought it was funny that he's like I'm a cop and they were like don't care bear what is is your partner's name Leon
0: (laughs) well I love the fact that when he had said like I just transferred it probably hasn't even you know my stuff hasn't been transferred over yet and they were like the one was like uh, you know that seems plausible because you know basically they're incompetent. So, yeah, they're like it just seemed, he was just like, "Oh yeah, well they're that could be possible."
1: <laughs> so, um, the next thing I got on my notes is Umbrella has their own ammo branding. Did you guys catch that? I did when you said it.
0: <laughs> everything, <laughs> everything had their name on it. Yeah, remember
2: the, in the beginning opening, they were like, we do medical, we, we do, do genetics, we, we do pharmaceuticals. Well, that's still kind of medical, but.
1: Oh, my God. They even
0: do wedding rings. <laughs> your business. Property of umbrella.
1: <laughs> your life is our business. Your life is our business, basically.
0: And I love that random little like nod, like property of umbrella on a wedding ring. Like you couldn't even just buy a normal wedding ring for your fake marriage.
1: <laughs> Nope, it's got to be Umbrella-owned. Or they means that you are now the property of Umbrella, not mm-hmm. the ring. I know. I just, I, when I saw the ring, I was like, whatever, okay. But when I saw the ammunition used, when I saw the ammunition used, and then it did that slow-mo, and it even showed you Umbrella Corporation 9mm, I was like, for real? Everything everything you got to brand everything oh that stapler did you did you brand it no bring that shit over here i got to brand that with the property of umbrella <laughs> everything is umbrella owned uh so the next thing i have was the rock on zombie when i pointed it out to you guys <laughs> <laughs> so for those of you who are listening when we have matt searching the desk in the scene There's the point where the, you know, the tension music gets high and then all of a sudden a zombie appears in the window slamming his head against it or his hand against it. He's actually slamming his hand in the like motion of rock on like for the first few frames and I died laughing while everyone else was staring and just watching. I just started dying laughing and I got the weirdest looks from these two.
0: I bet I know why he had like the rock on symbol <laughs> because he was listening to the soundtrack before he died and became an undead creature, zombie.
1: I figured that's where you're going with that. Yep. Uh, so yeah, that was a that was a nice one. While we're talking about this, how about Easter eggs? How about the fact that there are no bodies anywhere?
0: Yeah, <laughs> I love that. I still feel- go ahead. Because in the games, you know, mm-hmm. when you kill them. They just magically disappear.
1: I saved that Easter egg from last episode for this episode just for that top that point. I still don't know why that the at least two of the bodies were not in the laser room. Again, it comes back to the Easter egg. When people die or things die in the Resident Evil games, they disappear. After you leave the room and come back, it's gone. Yeah. Hey. But, I mean, story-wise, continuity. Yeah. I
2: said that entirely wrong anyways. But Olga lost her head, so she's not going to come back. And one was gritted. I doubt he had much left to keep his brain intact. So,
1: But that was supposed to be a blatant nod to the games, especially since Alice goes, where are the bodies? Or what about when they shot the woman in
2: the first part? and then Rain said there's no one here or she's gone
1: even though I think we did kind of see her in the mass of zombies yeah well they didn't shoot her in the head at that point they shot her in the head after but still she got shot in the chest like a billion times that was supposed to be a symbol of oh these are zombies if they get this undead they don't say zombies in the sorry it's loose. the undead
2: but if they would have just let her stay out of the scene then he could have implied that too
1: anyways There are zombies the last thing I have here, and then I have a little Easter egg, is um I have the need to feed.
2: <laughs> Tell my Red Queen when yes. trying to rhyme
0: the most basic human functions.
1: <laughs> the need to
2: feed. It's not a shirt now.
1: I have the need. The need to feed. <laughs> Feel like we should make that a shirt and offered up in the fumbling forest store. <laughs> Just get a zombie and blood splatter on the bottom left corner. I have the need, the need to feed. <sighs> did you what what I'm what I brought it up for was, did you think that the explanation was too minimized of what they were?
0: I think the explanation was fine. I think that little ending was unneeded and kind of kiddish. Yeah. A need to feed.
2: Well, she was a bad girl, so she was going (laughs) off of her programming.
0: I I was a bad, bad girl.
1: (laughs) So uh, with those out of the way, the last one I have is a little Easter egg for you guys. I'm teasing some of the Easter eggs we're going to talk about later on. But did you know there's a nod to George Romero in this movie?
0: Do go on.
1: The newspaper article that shows at the end says, Raccoon City Times, The Dead Walk. It is a direct reflection of the George Romero's headline in his newspaper, Day of the Dead.
0: I love George Romero and all of his films.
1: I love the fact that despite Resident Evil series not wanting to call zombies zombies I loved how they acknowledged the father of zombies George A. Romero I love that
0: Yes He is what actually sparked my love of zombies The first one I watched was Night of the Living Dead And I fell in love with it.
1: I did not. (laughs)
0: It's because you're an uncultured
1: swine. I knew you were going to say that. You uncultured swine. So that's uh, all I have. I've got a few more Easter eggs, but I'll save those because you won't really, it won't really carry the same weight. If I talk about it now, as it will towards the end, when we get to see it in multiple movies, like, um, how the fine caution and danger kind of character models are represented throughout the entire Resident Evil series in these movies. Um, there's some of the uh, mannerisms that Alice has that share some very similar mannerisms to a certain character or characters throughout the series of games. Yeah, there's a few of these. We'll talk about them when we get closer to or when we get done with the entire series. But that's all I got. Is there anything you guys wanted to talk about? I'm
0: sure there's a few. So I know it's kind of controversial. A lot of fans didn't like the Paul Anderson movies, but I actually quite enjoyed them, at least up until... Five, but well, I'll, I'll get into that later. <laughs> so, what I didn't like was Alice's character. I know. I wasn't a huge fan. Now, I love Mila Jovovich as an actress. I really do. Loved her in The Fifth Element.
1: I didn't like her in Monster Hunter, but go on. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But, anyways, I like her as an actress. It wasn't her that made me hate Alice. What I hate Alice is that it was a character that now is this main character in all six of the films. Who has absolutely zero ties to Resident Evil. And in the first in the first movie, okay, because none of them did. Mm-hmm. However, when they get into the second one, which we'll discuss after this, you know, they bring in Jill. And, like, they start bringing in the characters from Resident Evil. And Alice is still there. And she's still, like, the main focus. And I just, meh. And then she, you know, gets mutated and gets these superpowers. And it just it's just fucking weird. Just, I just wasn't a fan.
1: What, you don't like your good guys having superpowers like the bad guys do?
0: No, no, like, it's more relatable when the good guys are just normal people because we are just normal people. I don't know. I'm just saying. I that's just what I didn't like. But I did. I did love the Paul Anderson movies. Not gonna lie. So sorry if I piss anybody off by liking them because I do. <laughs> so so that out of the way, I did kind of like how they depicted the hive.
1: Yeah, that was pretty cool. I did... It's kind of... What were you saying about it?
2: I To me, it looked like it was suspended. Like when they showed an outside view of it. Because all your entrances is technically the elevator in the center. Mm-hmm. And then the train was the two entrances that they kind of implied. Even though later, it seems like in the second movie, there might be a different one. <laughs> <laughs> we had another train that nobody knew about. But that's. But if you look at that outside map, it looked like there was... Like it would look like clamps or cables coming out from it. So it almost made me think it was suspended somehow under the ground. Like maybe it was encased, you know, they just dug enough to build it. But it almost seemed like it could have been suspended down there too.
1: It could also, from what very little I know about this kind of stuff, it's very little. It could also be a kind of like a support beam for when the earth shifts. And to keep the whole place stabilized during an earthquake, because if you're built that far down, you're more susceptible to tectonic plates, shifts and things. So it could be stabilizing plates that were installed. No such thing. (laughs) Okay.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's kind of interesting both ways. Mm -hmm. Like, it would be cool if it was just randomly suspended in this, you know, giant pit underground and it makes sense about you know just being support I don't know I liked the layout of it I thought it was cool and what I would picture the hive to look like really or similar to it it does look
2: similar to like a beehive Mm -hmm. because it's Mm -hmm. bigger at top and comes down at a kind of point to a bit
1: so maybe that's why they call it the hive I'm curious to know what's at the very bottom of the hive
0: no one goes to the bottom of the hive (laughs)
1: All the tyrants are stars, sewage treatments down there, stars, nemesis, stars. He's he's a type of tyrant, (laughs) kind of stars. Oh, Uh, I can't
0: wait till next movie where we discuss nemesis because I've got a lot on him. So, (laughs) uh, but yeah, I liked the way the hive, I liked the little nods here and there about the actual Resident Evil games and stuff. and
1: I did like the camera angles from the camera's point of view when we were, you know, looking through the Red Queen's lenses. Mm-hmm. That was pretty cool. It was very video game-esque.
0: And I love that Spence.
1: Spencer's Spencer. mansion. Yeah.
0: That little, nice little nod there about his name.
1: Yeah, there's a little Easter egg there for you.
0: And how he's, you know, evil as fuck. Mm. Well, greedy. Mostly. But yeah. I mean, you basically covered most of it. I did like the way the Cerberus looked.
1: Yeah. I, I thought it was cool. Don't get me wrong. I thought it was cool the way it looked in the movies. But I'm more used to what we saw in welcome to raccoon city it's like half doberman half zombie these were full fledged no skin having zombie dogs this is like later on in the series zombie dogs versus what we originally got in one
0: yeah i mean i guess so i still liked them i thought oh they were cool cool yeah and the wonderfully cgi blicker liquor <laughs> that I know Daniel did multiple yeah, times.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what is this? Uh, all I could picture was the meme of the guy who's looking at the butterfly. That was Daniel the whole movie. What is this, CGI? <laughs> <laughs> it was not a very well done. Sorry. At the time it was a well done CGI, but now with the today's CGI technology we have and everything, it's it does not hold up. <laughs> it does not hold up.
2: No, I like to compare it to Starship Troopers, which had the first one, mind you, not the third one. Get get out of here with that one. Because <laughs> they had terrible CGI. But the first one was five years prior to this movie coming out. And they had great CGI where like the CGI actually looked like it was part of the film. Yeah. So that's why I when rewatching this I was like man that liquor really stands out like to me
0: I yeah I mean their budget also wasn't that great
1: so their budget for this was 33 million dollars I think a lot of their budget was spent on
0: cast probably that's usually where the bulk of it yeah. goes to.
1: and then after that you had I mean you heard the mansion was in Germany and it was, it was, it seemed more of like a historical site. So it probably cost a pretty penny for them to be able to use it. Probably. Uh, I was, I would have been against using it, but that's personal. But,
2: yeah. social <laughs> troopers had three times the amount Yeah. It's a budget.
1: <laughs> yeah. You also, they had different locations of filming. You know, they were in Germany, they were in. Canada yeah they had a lot of travel a lot of you know they cut costs where they could and I don't think CGI was one of the ones that they really wanted to budget with this film in particular now as the films go on the CGI gets better but well they did only have one creature that they really had the CGI exactly and maybe the train yeah and the hive image but yeah I think a lot of it was spent on actual site and special effects, and then the actors themselves, and cardboard doors, and cardboard doors. <laughs> Those are expensive. I hear. I want to know how much that door was. If you have a thirty-three million dollar budget and it was that expensive, I want to know how much that door was going to cost. It's Probably a thirty dollars. Thirty dollar door. Oh, we're over budget now. Right, we're budget guys. Wow. <laughs> but I mean, you think about it. Like, like you said, Starship Troopers had what triple the amount. Yes. So I mean realistically we look at it and go that's $33 million. When it comes to making a movie, that's not that money can go real quick.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You imagine de- if you had
2: $33 million. Oh, I'd have some movies made.
1: <laughs> You'd have one movie made. That <laughs> well, depends on my budget. <laughs> Cardboard doors. Cardboard doors used clothing Uh, so does anybody else have anything for this
0: well I mean Daniel didn't really get to go into his discussions yet
1: Yeah, go for it so it, it said that there was at least 500 people that lived
2: down there and worked down there so where was all 500 people we saw a lot of people but I don't think we saw nowhere near 500 people we probably saw maybe 100 150 if even that
0: well, I mean, you could explain it away as they didn't go into every single level mm. of the hive, so maybe there's, you know, vast majority of them in different levels they didn't go to. And
2: then how how far does this is this entire ventilation system like once the virus entered that everybody's exposed or is it certain sections? You know what I mean? Is it all connected to one specific source?
0: I feel like it would be. I feel like it would be the entire hive would just be fucked.
1: That brings me another question, Daniel. Good job. Why didn't they have a system to kill off the air vents? They had a system to kill everyone, but didn't have a sophisticated system to cut off the air vent flow.
0: It's because <laughs> Umbrella spent that budget money into making ammo. So,
1: <laughs> see, I was also
2: thinking because they had a system in place, like you said, for that. Specific, if they're working with this potentially dangerous virus that if broken like so could become airborne wouldn't you have if it's specifically in this facility you would have some type of antivirus in the system that you could then release as an airborne
1: that's even better than cutting off the airflow
0: well they spent that budget money (laughs) on wedding rings
1: oh my god How expensive are these wedding rings? They just seem like solid gold bands. It's
2: umbrella. No price is too high.
1: Oh, my God. Perfect marriage. There's not even a diamond in them. It's just got to look the show. You were talking about off air. A particular woman mentioning a chemical born airborne. Yes, Lisa.
2: (laughs) She says it's Halon. And I'm like, how do you know? I Googled it. It's odorless. It's somewhat of a fire suppressant. But there was no fire. I mean, they said there was a fire going on. But how specific is she to even if she's an activist to know that specific chemical is what's being pumped out for a fire suppressant? Because there's probably tons of different chemicals that can be used as a fire suppressant.
0: Well, she is a computer hacker. What if she hacked into the security system and found out that that's what they used?
2: Mm. If that's the case, what, did, what am I doing with my security officer contact? I don't need you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't know. I'm just saying that maybe that's the reason because maybe she did look into the, um, you know, computers, security systems and saw that that's what they used. I don't know. I'm just
1: throwing. Hopefully, Don't defend Lisa.
0: <laughs> hey she was trying to bring Umbrella down so you know yeah I'm gonna be okay with Lisa
1: I'm suspicious of her because she knew what the hell that was <laughs> <laughs> she's worked with that chemical
2: before <clears throat> but even then it didn't sound like that was potentially if it was Halon as a gas that would kill you They said it, it could possibly asphyxiate but the way they did it is it dispersed after so long. it Basically because it can knock you out. And it didn't sound like it's one that you would necessarily die from.
0: You know what they call that, Daniel? Yeah. Yep, that's exactly what I was going to say. Well, I
2: was thinking about that when Matt was pushing the pipes when those were in the train. We didn't see them the first time when they got in the train. But then when they were coming back, I was like, huh. I, I know they were in there because I've seen the movie before, but I was like, it's <laughs> clearly pot armor right there.
1: All right, guys, bring the pipes in.
2: (laughs) Now, and also on the train, is there two engines? Because I don't think the train does a full circle. Full circuit, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, there would be, there would
1: be, the caboose would also be its own engine.
2: So that's what I thought, maybe. So that's why then if they're in the other engine, theoretically. So maybe
1: that's why the pipes are there this time.
2: Because it was in the other engine.
1: Yeah. But
2: then both would have access doors, I guess,
1: well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you look at some of the subway trains, um, they have like a front on both sides because sometimes the train will go the opposite direction. Certain trains. So, yeah, it's the same concept. It's just a short train with two engines, essentially. So, wouldn't,
2: now, here's a question here Would an engine also have a different number?
1: No. No, if it was all manufactured as one, no.
2: Yeah, but I think if you take them both apart each engine to be specific.
1: N- no.
0: <laughs> Are but we really spending forever discussing <laughs> the specifics <laughs> of a train? Yes,
2: it was an Easter. This egg. is
1: what the fans turn <laughs> yeah. tune into they, they come train in.
2: discussions. Yes, I like trains.
0: Welcome to our new Resident Evil Train
1: Lorecast episode. <laughs> We're going to argue about trains for 45 minutes.
2: We could. No, I do have other stuff, or at least one other thing. Okay, what's up? So, uh, I know they had a limited budget, as we've discussed. Mm. But even if they would have CGI'd, or even took a still photo, and to make the mansion look more like the mansion on the outside. Mm. Because from the games, the mansion's a huge, huge place. And you can get lost in and stuff like that. The way the mansion looked, even when she was inside, I know that's just the front, or wherever she was at was very small it seemed like the mansion wasn't that large but of course we didn't get to see it all but from outside it didn't look, look like it was anywhere near the size of this actual Spencer mansion oh god no it would have been nicer if they would have even just fake put a like because they could edit a photo or something there too much cdi guess. but <laughs> <laughs> to me it would have been better with having a bigger mansion at least for the fear effect of the games.
0: Yeah, I think they just didn't put that much into it because the whole focus was in the hive.
1: <sighs> Come on, Paul. Get with it. That and it's set in its own universe. So, uh, as we'll explain later, certain characters aren't in the universe or certain characters aren't in the universe as and portrayed as they were in the games.
2: Did it at least do the city right? It was uh not a ghost town.
1: It, I mean, yeah. It was
2: almost what almost a million because it was 800 and some thousand. Yeah. So it was well over half a million people.
1: Yeah. And there were some uh we'll get into it later. We'll get into it when we get to that one. <laughs> But, uh, okay, so, is there anything else? I think that's all I can remember.
0: Yeah, I think that's about it.
1: Well, with that being said, and all our discussion's out of the way, I think it's time for some reviews. So, Ariel, what do you got?
0: So, I'm going to give this a four out of five Leon's.
1: Oh? Yeah.
0: I thoroughly enjoyed the movie. I like going in I knew this was like a reimagining or whatever of Resident Evil so I wasn't expecting strictly Resident Evil game stuff so I liked it I enjoyed it a lot what I didn't like and why it's getting a 4 out of 5 is I just didn't like Alice
1: okay but did you like Alice in this one Okay, all right. So she just didn't like Alice, period. Okay.
0: Yeah, I just... I don't know. I didn't like it. Okay. Don't like her very much. And I felt like the... story... could have been better. I felt like it was a... It wasn't a terrible story, but it was kind of generic, and they didn't really... Dive too deep into it. It was more like here's zombies, undead creatures, and well, here's the liquor, and here's the zombie dogs, and here's focus on Alice. They didn't really go much into a story, which I love. Stories. So that's why I'm kind of giving it a four out of five. I did enjoy it. It's definitely worth a watch keeping in mind that it isn't an exact thing of the Resident Evil games and you know it has Michelle Rodriguez in it so any movies she's in is awesome so that's my ratings
1: okay Daniel what do you got
2: so I'm probably going to give it 4 out of 5 of course Rebecca's not in this but it's beside the point I definitely story-wise I would have definitely wanted to see more I did the medic Mm -hmm. I wanted to see more from her because we don't you didn't get much from her background at all like Mm -mm. she was literally said a few lines check Spence out and then she died don't get any type of character that she really is Kaplan I think would have been kind of awesome to have him survive and perhaps have shown up or helped Alice in future installments at some point, because it seemed like he would have been like he redeemed himself to me. And then because of all the crap that went down, he would be like, yeah, right, I think I'm done with Umbrella because yeah, I've seen some shit. And he would have been done with it. But of course, he died from the liquor. Um, we heard that I think I would have rather the mansion at least looked on the outside like it should have. But I know they had what they had to work with. And my CGI, we heard that too. So, (laughs) I mean, overall, I liked it. I like the Resident Evil, the Paul Anderson movies, Uh, up to at a point for some of the story. (laughs) So, and then, and even then, if they would have changed certain things, I still would love them. But I overall like them better than certain other movies. But we won't go there right now. And so, yeah, four out of five. Rebecca slash (laughs) Kaplan's.
1: Alright I'm giving this a 3.5 out of 5 Because I have a few complaints about this Number one I kind of agree with Ariel In the aspect of Alice was way Too much of a focal point in this movie Even in the Resident Evil games When we have a main character Jill, Chris, Leon Whoever it may Uh be They still find time in those games to give side characters a bit of a main character feel. I did not get this in this movie. I felt like it failed to capture the essence that is Resident Evil in that aspect. Another aspect I felt like it failed to catch the essence that is Resident Evil is the non-stopped action and threat of danger. Resident Evil 1, okay, you can argue that that was not there the whole time. Resident Evil 1 game, they kind of went with a more you're scared about what's around every corner kind of feel. But there was still a fear factor moving through that that game. Moving forward, there was a feel of constant danger everywhere you went. In this movie, I did not feel that. I didn't start feeling any sort of sense of danger until about, what, 20, 15, 20 minutes into the movie when the grid went online? No sense of danger up until that point. And I get it was because the Red Queen was locked down and all the zombies were locked away and blah, blah, blah. But again there was real no threat for a good portion of the movie and for me that failed to capture the essence that is what makes Resident Evil the last thing is is the character development (sighs) how can a video game that takes anywhere from two to three hours play create such a evolving wonderful story Yet a movie that's 100 minutes long cannot do that. That's what that's what's confused me at this point, because we did have some really good characters that died some pretty crappy deaths. We had Rain, We had Kaplan. You know, we had these characters that were redeeming by their own right. And Rain I felt like, was the only one who actually got like some sort of semblance of a saddened death. And even then, I felt like towards the end, it was kind of robbed. I just, I just, it, the movie was good. It's worth a watch. But don't go in and expecting to feel like it's, it is Resident Evil, like Ariel said. It's its own Resident Evil world.
0: Yeah. You kind of start feeling a little bit more like it's Resident Evil in Apocalypse, the second movie, mm-hmm. which, you know, we're going to get into later.
1: Yeah. And that's why that one's one of my personal favorites. But yeah, I I sat here and I talked bad about it. But the good things were is that it did have a bunch of Resident Evil references. It is still an action packed movie. It is still a good watch. It is still fun to watch and reminisce. But that's why I give it a 3.5. 3.5 hunks out of five. There we go. (laughs) So there we go. There's our reviews and our uh, little critiques. So the average rating is 3.8, everybody. Oh, so I wasn't too far off and neither were you guys.
2: You dragged us down. It could have been been a
1: four. (laughs) Could have been a solid four. Well, with all that being said, I think it's time for us to end this episode. And when we come back next week, we'll be talking...
0: Patron chat!
1: woo so thank you all for listening. Tune in next week. Bye there. Bye. Thanks for joining us tonight on the Resident Evil Lurecast. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, tell a friend. Leave a comment and review. If you want to keep chatting with us about all things Resident Evil, you can find us on the Robots Radio Discord. You can also chat with us at Lurecast on Twitter. Till next time, stay safe out there. And remember... We might have something that might interest you stranger.